Welcome to the UK Educators Community Podcast hosted by Sid, an award-winning STEM communicator, serial entrepreneur and educational consultant and coach. Now my vision is to make maximum impact in the world through education, but I know I can't do this alone. This is where you guys come in. Why don't you join me on this journey as we as educators and entrepreneurs create impact one child at a time. Now I know being an entrepreneur can be both lonely and overwhelming. At UK Educators Community, we've created a community of like-minded, like-valued individuals all supporting each other. From the Champions Club accountability groups to business retreats in Marrakesh, you'll find industry-specific support to help you propel your business forward. So why don't you join us? Join our Facebook group, UK Educators, or find some great resources on the website at ukeducators.com. We look forward to welcoming you to our community. Today, I've got with me Siobhan. Now, Siobhan, I've not actually met before, so this is going to be exciting, exploring and finding out more about her. She runs Primrose Education and has been tutoring for two years and was previously a teacher. So welcome, Siobhan. Thank you. Hi. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about you? And especially because I I don't know you very well either. You're part of the UK Educators community. And when I did a call out, you were excited to take part in the podcast. So tell me a little bit about you and, and what you do and um, what kind of led you into teaching? So initially I was primary teacher and I left teaching in the classroom to tutor full time. With having two young kids at home, it was just necessary <laughs> to have some family time back and not be working so long hours. So yes, that's how I got into it. But I think I just always wanted to be a teacher and I've done lots of education roles in adult education as well and I just loved it. Just It just fulfilled me so that was definitely the way forward for me. So did you go into teaching straight from uni? Was that your undergraduate degree in teaching? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, But I was a mature student, as they call them. So I went into teaching later. So yeah, I was about 26, 27, something like that. You look younger anyway now. I would have thought you're in your mid-20s at the moment. Uh, (laughs) So what did you do prior to that then? What kind of, did you have a different undergraduate degree beforehand and then you another or were you working prior yes working yeah um I left school and went into the world of work just sort of admin jobs and then I found my way into um, education that way work worked at a college and private training companies and just loved it so yeah I was definitely always going to go into teaching always but yeah, I did some TA work as well. And then when you did do your teaching degree, did you kind of expect the workload that you were going to get when you were a full-time teacher? No, not at all. I, I went into um, working schools for that reason, because I wanted to know that it was the right decision. Mm. So I could speak to other teachers, I could experience it firsthand. And nobody tells you exactly what, <laughs> what it's like, the workload. Um, they'll sort of say, oh yeah, it's hard work, but they don't tell you it's 70-hour weeks for some people it was for me and I was never on top of it even then so yeah the workload is definitely not clear until you're doing it yourself until until you're roped in and it's too late to change your mind right and then you're like what did I get myself into yes (laughs) definitely yeah and how so how long did you stick it out with teaching were you the one of the statistics where you left between three and five years graduated in 2016 left in 2018 yeah 
two so years. You didn't even Not make long. it to the three year mark. <laughs> no, no, um, I knew I was done. <laughs> so you've been uh, tutoring ever since. So tell us a little bit about your journey and how that's been. Were you tutoring while you were teaching or was this completely when you left and you were like, what do I do now? And then you set up after. I dabbled in tutoring when I was much younger. Um, mm. While I was a TA, I dabbled in tutoring then. So I knew a little bit about it um, and a friend of mine set up at the same time and left to do it completely full time. So it was new but not, if that makes sense. I didn't really know what I was going to do. I'd, I'd had illness through my, preg- my second pregnancy. So it was just a matter of I needed to do something that fit in with my life really. So yeah, I kind of fell upon it, but I knew what I was doing as well, if that makes sense. <laughs> so what's your kind of take on um tutoring that should it be only qualified teachers or should it be people that have got some experience in teaching prior before they can tutor because for you had you not have done that you probably wouldn't have perhaps started tutoring later on or you wouldn't have seen it as a career choice perhaps and there's always a lot of debates on Facebook especially where people get a bit ruffled up over the fact that there's very young tutors and I think it's great I think that the entrepreneurial spirit for a young person that's still at uni or even at school that's also um, running a tutoring business on the side is is brilliant but what's your kind of stance on that do you think you would have gone into it perhaps after had you not dabbled with it when you were younger no probably not actually it was a friend who kind of helped me into it we were both teachers together I don't think I would have gone into tuition had I not been in that field previously but equally I agree with you I think you don't have to be qualified at all I don't think it makes you a worse tutor but I have to admit that my experience in school and my experience as a teacher and my degree has helped um, but I don't think it's necessary at all because it's a very very different way of teaching one is all about crowd control and behavior and trying to differentiate when you've got a large group and if you're doing one-to-one that's very very different if you're a good teacher naturally you'll tailor what you're teaching to the to the kid um, and it'll be very tailored naturally I don't know because I was an unqualified teacher for two years so I worked in a college but unqualified I had a degree in the subject, but I didn't have a teaching qualification. And I still managed to, you do it trial and error, right? You figure out how to manage the class. You kind of go and observe other teachers and you pick up ideas and you adapt and you change. And then when I went into teacher training, it almost felt like it was taking a step backwards for me. Because then you feel like you're being spoon fed and you're being told, do it like this. And you're like, well, that doesn't work for me I've done it for two years and I know what works for me um so it's interesting that you say that you did find it useful and I found the connections useful like knowing where to get stuff from knowing how to access resources but I didn't find so much the feedback that I was always being given I didn't find that useful because I I I sometimes find that they were nitpicking yeah they'd be nitpicking just to get something on on your observation form and I'd be like but I did do that 10 minutes later. Did you not see that I differentiated? Did you not see that? (laughs) And that would really annoy me. So how has your day-to-day life changed between being a teacher to now being a tutor? So much, honestly. I would would get up and I'd be in work mode immediately from just waking because your to-do list is huge. So you constantly think about work. I'd struggle to sleep because I'd be thinking about my to-do list. Whereas now it's a very relaxed, well, it's a relaxed in the respect that I've got the freedom my kids are not relaxed in the morning but 
other than that yes it's quite relaxed and I've got so much freedom and flexibility now I just work a fraction of the hours that I used to work and if I need a day off then I can take that and it's not an issue if my kids are ill I can be there for them so that's huge definitely don't have the stress that's gone it's just so much more chilled if I'm honest it's a very different life but yeah I feel like I'm making a bigger difference I felt overstretched in school I couldn't really help as many children as I'd like to Whereas now I feel like I'm making a much bigger difference, more quality. Yeah, I think the mental state of the teacher makes a huge difference to how the kids also respond. And if you're happier, the kids are going to realise and pick up on that and they'll be happier when you're teaching them. So I, th- yeah. I do I do agree it makes a difference. And when you're stressed out, <laughs> they also get agitated as well because mm-hmm. they can sense that something's not right. Are your, both your kids quite young still? Yeah, eight and three. Uh, so one's still at home. Yeah. He's at nursery. So how, how do <laughs> yeah. you find that? I'm assuming that you do most of your tutoring in the evening. So what's your typical day like? Uh, are you working yeah. during the day or is it just the evenings and weekends? How does it work? Through the day is more business stuff, business marketing. So I'll do dropping them off around eight-ish. I'm just working solid on the business and sort of personal development stuff. I'll do all the admin, writing content love that side of it yeah just website updates collecting data lots and lots of bits and bobs for the business and then my evening sort of starts about three four o'clock where I'll start teaching a mixture of online and in person and then I sort of finish about half eight ish so yeah I'm not getting back while late okay so you said that you don't get back until half eight so does that mean that you're Mm. traveling out rather than doing online Yes, I do a mixture, yeah. I've got some online, some face-to-face. How did you find that over lockdown? Because I'm assuming you moved completely online. Did you want to go back to face-to-face? Because you, you lose that time traveling and then and then also in the winter it's going to be cold and miserable. Um, yeah. Is that something that you wanted to do or is that something that was dictated by your customers wanting face-to-face? Definitely dictated, yeah. The first lockdown was completely different. I was panicking, if I'm honest, because I had two children at home all of a sudden. Yeah. And, I, and they were younger. And I thought, I can't actually teach online at the same time. It's just not going to work. I didn't teach for five months. Just shut the business down. And to be honest, they didn't want to move online at first. So there was a bit of a, a break there. And then from the September, when everything opened up again, I was back face to face and then the subsequent lockdowns after that everybody moved online more or less and I was worried about that I thought I've not tried it it's not going to work you know I've got the kids at home things like that but I made it work and it was actually really successful so yeah I would have liked to have stayed online but just for the convenience (laughs) but yeah it it was dictated that most wanted to go back face to face so that's what I did. So you've said that um, it's, a, it's far more relaxed. So mm. let's dig down deeper into a typical day. Um, yeah. What does it look like typically? Like what time do you get up? And then I'm assuming then you're getting the kids ready for school and nursery. So how does that look like for you? Yeah, so I like to get up at six. Doesn't always happen, but I do like to get up at that time. Um, and that's my hour for me. So before the kids get up, I have a quiet hour. And I actually do my own stuff then. So I'll do journaling and I'll read a book so that's usually like a personal development or a business book and then the kids get up at seven and it's just like chaos for an hour of getting them ready and then I drop them at the childminders at eight and then from then it's just kind of quite flexible I'm trying to fit in a little bit of exercise trying to fit more me time in but a bit of cleaning at home but generally yeah I will just work on the business 
bit of a workaholic if I'm honest I'll just work on the business love it every minute of it um and it's just whatever I need to do that day so yeah it's often content writing is my big thing is that content writing in terms of worksheets and work booklets or is that more social media content social media yeah I've pulled away I did initially spend hours and hours making all my own stuff and then I thought why am I doing this (laughs) and I pulled away from that and I'm trying to work smarter this year so this year now I'm all about working less but not losing the quality and I've actually found that the quality is better so I use more textbooks now so it's a matter of I just pull it out I'll often design my own games and things like that yeah, resources are limited now. I don't have to make that many resources. So that's really cool. So in a typical day, do you get three, four, five hours of admin and content bit done? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. That's a lot. I yeah, I know. I'm obsessed. <laughs> Does that mean that you're I'm pretty obsessed. good at it and you're all over social media and you really love it and you get a good engagement? The engagement's not bad, yeah. I've worked hard on my social media. Um, mm. I'm not one of these who's in every group that's not my style pulled away from that I like to work on my own social media I've started with LinkedIn now and I like to I'm trying a blog for my website so I'm trying to keep on top of that so yeah so it's more that side of things and I I like to research a lot as well so get a bit lost in that as well (laughs) so have you thought about potentially doing content writing for other educators because you seem to really enjoy it and most other people are like oh I don't want to do stuff on social media right so if you've got a skill for it and it seems to be working and you're pretty good at it, you could actually do something on the side where you produce content for other educators. Is that something that you've had a thought about? No, no, actually. That's a really good idea. Another idea, right? Especially when you're, (laughs) if you're you're spending that long during the day working on social media, there's only so much you can do for your own business, right? (laughs) And it gets to, it gets a point where you'll probably like plan the entire month and you're like, okay, let's do like (laughs) next month's content now, right? Yeah, I'm Um, trying to batch. (laughs) And so then you could essentially be working on uh, maybe one or two other businesses where you get to know them, especially from the sounds of it, you like researching and finding out about things and you could use the first couple of meetings as a, a get to know and, and then design, uh, I don't know, content for other organizations that are also doing something similar or mm-hmm. something different, because uh, that could become a side thing for you. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> getting a a coaching session here (laughs) yeah why not (laughs) and then what time does your tutoring start three or four generally between those hours and then you're working until eight so you don't get to see your kids until very late then no I have a break between where I go pick them up from childcare but it is pretty much just yeah passing ships and I work on a weekend as well I'm doing seven days yeah so the holidays have been amazing because I've moved all my lessons to daytime and then I have some days off but other than that yeah I am trying to scale now so that I'm able to be with my kids more yeah initially for the first couple of years I thought well this is how it's going to be but I've realized that there is another way so I I love the I love the fact that you say I'm going to scale so I can spend more time with my kids and I'm like she doesn't understand the meaning of scale because there's so much more work when you scale I know but still I like the idea of pulling back a bit more and working you know not so much in the business so yeah yeah. it's still a lot of work so like with my (laughs) online school I don't do any of the teaching there but oh my is there work because then it then the work shifts from you not being just responsible for a class but then suddenly being responsible for other teachers and that shift means that there's so much more admin involved there's so much more kind of sorting things out and you can't predict because when you have more people 
there's more unpredictability, right? So there's far more work I find now. It's a different kind of work though. So I was still yeah. up till, I think I was up till 4am last night getting stuff done. I'm more of a night owl than the early morning. And then my morning started at 11. I do late mornings and late nights, <laughs> but that's oh, wow. how I work. But I don't think the work gets any easier. It's just a different kind of yeah. work, I guess. Yeah. Um, but then I guess for you, from your perspective, you can still have the kids around and that's they can it. be noisy and you can still be getting on with work yeah. on a laptop. That's exactly it. Yeah, because I, I like working. You know, I love it, actually. I'm a bit obsessed with it, but yeah. I want to be more daytime now. So that's where I'll be shifting towards eventually. So, yeah, that's my idea of the scale inside, I think. But I'm excited for that. That's so are you planning to then kind of set up as an agency? Yeah, I think initially, yeah, because I want to extend into further areas. I'm already in a few different areas now, so I'm looking to extend that reach further and, yeah, hire tutors on an agency basis, I think, yeah. Or you could go down the social media route mm-hmm. and have that running as a full-time thing, perhaps. Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> and, and then scale back on the tutoring where you're only doing one or two sessions a day or in the evenings and you'll be finished by five and you can have the evenings then that way. I think there's multiple ways and sometimes we we limit ourselves because we don't know what other possibilities there are out there or we've kind of seen oh teacher fireman and, and like kids they they kind of go in those directions and they aspire yeah. to be a footballer because they've seen a footballer on the on the screen and we're the same as adults we see these common threads of careers and we're like oh yeah I can do that I could do that <laughs> and sometimes it's about thinking outside of the box and creating something that works for you that might not necessarily be a big thing out there or you just don't know the industry yet but there's yeah. loads of ways you could do it. and especially if you enjoy doing content if you enjoy creating mm-hmm. content, you be- could become a content creator for other educational companies as well. So there's loads of different routes to go on uh, down. Mm-hmm. Um, in in terms of business development, then where are you in your sort of business? Is it just you at the moment, or have you already started hiring people? Yeah, so I have two assistants now. Only really minimal hours because I'm still struggling to hand stuff up. <laughs> but I am outsourcing more now, and um, I've hired a business coach. So that's where the scaling's coming in. So yeah, so we're working on that. Um, but other than that, I haven't hired anybody else. Tried hiring copywriters before and then I realised that it was better to do it myself, actually, because it's my words. I'm not yeah. as talented as a copywriter, but it is my words and that's what people relate to. So yeah. uh, Are you talking about social media? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I went through that phase of outsourcing social media and I think that's one of the things which... It's so difficult to outsource because you're the voice. And if you take your voice out of it, it's very difficult for someone else to step into it. And even if they can, they can't think like you. So if there's a new scenario situation, they're not going to be able to write that. They'll still have to come back and feed and get your feedback on it. And then you're like, well, I can do that myself then, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it just saves a a heck of a lot of time. Um, So how long have you been in the UK Educators Group? months I think now so how have you found it so far because I think I've been pretty quiet over the last few months because it's been enrollment season for UK virtual school Mm -hmm. so I've been kind of uh, busy with that and I've not really touched much at UK educators but how how have you found because I know you've listened to a few podcasts you must have read maybe a couple of blogs or articles or seen other stuff so how have you found it so far yeah I'm really interested in it actually because I've been involved in lots of business groups but they don't tend to have people like us in there so (laughs) it's very coach orientated so there's loads of coaches 
or loads of virtual assistants. I haven't come across many tutors at all. So to have a space just for that is amazing. And sort of all the issues that you come up against, all the challenges to have people to relate to is fantastic. It's just what you need. So yeah, I've really enjoyed being a member. What's been your favourite podcast so far from what you've listened to? Is there any names that kind of stand Mm -hmm. out? It was nice listening to some people who have made it work on the side of a job as well, because I relate to that as a parent. There was a lady that I was listening to and she was working some hours and she was a single parent. And I just thought, uh, yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. I think it's Andrea, right? Andrea, yeah, she, Andrea, yeah. She was talking about how she's a full time teacher. She's a copywriter. She does, oh my god, does the tutoring, and and uh, she was like, oh, I love the copyright. <laughs> she's just, she's just on fire, right? She's all over the yeah. uh, like. It, it's amazing, and I think one thing that I've realized is sometimes you can feel so isolated when you're an educator because you're constantly working with kids. And one thing that the lockdown has done is brought all the educators together. Um, and no matter where we're based, we can find this thread of similarities between our work life. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of, and then you find people that share your values as well. I think that's really nice. And people that want to make a difference and have a vision that's much, much bigger than just themselves. And I think that's really exciting. But there's some really exciting stuff coming up with UK educators. Now that UK virtual school is going to start with the lessons. I can take a little bit of a breather from that. (laughs) I've done my bit with the enrollments and stuff. And we're going to be having an award ceremony later on this year for business awards. And then what else is there going to be? Uh, Have you heard of the Champions Club? I've heard you mention it. I don't know what it is exactly, but yeah, I've heard you mention it. It's an accountability group. So there's there's been a couple of um, people I've interviewed that already are on it and so the idea kind of came from the fact that when I started tutoring a long time ago about 10 11 years ago there wasn't any network there was no network of tutors and sometimes it's so helpful it really brings your business forward when you can bounce off ideas from people and they can also hold you accountable if you've said that you're going to do something and you've told someone the next time you meet them and you might avoid them for a while because you haven't done it. But the next time you meet them, they're going to say, oh, so how's how's that coming along? And yeah. people hate letting others down. They, they don't like, like saying, oh, I haven't done it, even though I said I would, right? Because yeah. um, no one wants to really admit that. So I, one of the ideas that I had was to set up a, a sort of business accountability group. Because I've been doing business for a long time. So I've gone to so many courses. And one thing, like you were saying, there's loads of groups and things out there. But nothing's really tailored to our industry. Yeah. So a lot of what I've had to learn has been I've learned the the kind of generic stuff and then had to tailor it to our industry to kind of make it work. So it's been trial and error and tr- seeing what works and what doesn't work. So I've taken a lot of things and I've created a video content um, from it. So video courses. And the idea is that the individuals watch the video uh, before they meet up with their group then they meet up with their group twice in a month so every fortnight and then they work through a different video together which is based on that topic so they're building on their business knowledge and then they have a session with their group and then they can ask each other questions and it's more like a a, a way to start the discussion off mm-hmm. and and they work through then a workbooklet as well and some of them will end up spending two and a half three hours having their chat after because there's so much that comes out of that conversation and they're sharing ideas and and I've heard that, that some of them are collaborating together and sorting out all sorts of stuff. So it's more of an accountability group, but with the business side 
attached to it. Yeah. So they can work through different aspects of business planning, looking at marketing, looking at teaching in groups, um, while they've still got that kind of um, support structure around them. So in terms of your tutoring, are you doing one-to-one only or is it group? Yeah, so one-to-one at the moment. um, I've dabbled in groups and I've got a really lovely program set up that I've tested and it it was amazing. So that's my next step to go into the groups. But I just want to focus on one subject and one area. So like key stage two maths is the area that Mm. I'm going into. So I trialled it with a year four group and it was amazing. So that's the next step, release that. So is that something that you're doing online or face-to-face? Online, yes. Online. Online. I did have um, an office and I was, or I called it my classroom. I had my classroom when I started out, but COVID hit and I couldn't access the classroom. So I gave that up quickly. Yeah, I think uh, it's been so disruptive. But at the same time, it's given a lot of people time to pause and just reflect and refine what they're doing. So as much as we can moan about it, I'm like, actually, it's, it's made us see things differently. Yeah. And just take a step back because everything was uh, hectic before. I look at my life before and I was like, I didn't slow down at all. Yeah. And I didn't have enough time to reflect because I was on the go constantly, which I still am, but I'm on the go, sat down this now, not in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit different. It's been interesting. So what were the key learnings that you had from COVID? Wow, so many. I, I've learned about mindset so much and brought that into my teaching as well, which has made a big difference. So I worked a lot on my mindset a lot Mm. Um, and that taught me a lot about myself and how to sort of get through tough times then I think I learned a lot about myself because I delved into personal development so I started to learn about my shortfalls but also my strengths and to play on those and yeah so it's been a lot of a lot of learnings actually and just a lot of the time I'd sort of approach something and be like I can't do that like my children do and then I'd see another way forward and work through it so it's been a big learning curve actually at what point did you realize that having a coach was probably going to be a good idea because there's a lot of people that struggle with making that leap of investment because it can be a lot of money to get a coach and and people don't always see the benefit of it and so what was that turning point for you where you went actually this is going to be something that I really need the business was growing and it's grown progressively on a pretty even keel but I kind of got a bit impatient and wanted it to grow fast <laughs> so I think that was the driving force for it but it was just setbacks were just knocking me too much and I thought I need somebody to sort of hold me accountable and push me a bit but I wanted somebody who would do business and mindset together because I knew that I needed to work on that and money mindset as well so yeah so that was I think I was just seeing lots of coaches in these groups and thinking I'm gonna give it a go and see and it was scary paying out all the money not gonna lie but it's a very worthwhile investment I couldn't recommend it enough actually Yeah. yeah I've had so many coaches and mentors over the years and when you have that period of time when you've got someone um that is more experienced or has knowledge or can guide guide you through something it makes such a big difference the ripple effect it has you experience for years after and you might not necessarily realize it at the time but that investment definitely pays off it's just a case of making sure you put everything that they've said into action (laughs) and not just sit on it but it has a big big impact so how long have you been working with your coach so far started properly this month but we signed up in July so it's been early days can you see a difference yeah first session in fact before the first session she gave me some homework to do and that was an eye-opener well uh, it yeah it's really opened my eyes to 
the mindset issues that I've been struggling with that I didn't even realize I had mm. um and just to see things almost through a different set of eyes just little things like where you've just come up with that idea about the copywriting looking at ways to grow without that you wouldn't normally think yeah. everybody thinks you have to start with one-to-one then do groups exactly and then something else take on other tutors and you don't so many different routes yeah um so yes that's been really eye-opening for me yeah I started off with groups so I was completely the opposite I've always started off with groups and then I went into one-to-one after and it's interesting when people talk about going to groups I'm like yeah groups are fine it's like I find the one-to-one difficult sometimes because it can be so unpredictable because I, I don't plan so much for the uh, one-to-ones because it's more tailored to what the kid needs to do. And they could literally come up with anything and everything in that. But with a class, you have to go in very prepared and you yeah. have to have everything sorted because you can't have 10 different opinions and try and create something on the spot. It's just not going to be possible. So I've always found groups has always been my thing. And I guess when COVID hit, it was so much easier for me to set up online groups then I'd had loads of experience face to face and I think during last year it was over 3,000 groups that we ran um Mm -hmm. online yeah (laughs) it's been crazy and over the years over the last 10 years I've done 12,000 kids face to face um in terms of groups so I've got so much group experience but when it comes to -to one-to-one I only have a couple of kids at a time (laughs) because that's not that's never been the focal point of what I do and it's interesting when I speak to others and they do complete opposite So I don't know whether you heard Gemma's interview from season one and she and her agency have always done one-to-one. That's been her bread and butter and it's complete opposite to how I do it. And I think there's no one right answer. Like people say, oh, you got to do one-to-one or you got to do groups. And actually both can work. It just depends on which direction you want to take it in. And sometimes we see all of these ideas and we want to do a little bit of everything and we don't really focus on one. And that can be a big issue because we don't get good at doing that one thing and we spread ourselves so thinly. But at the beginning, I don't know whether you heard the very first podcast of season one. John Mm. talks about opportunities and he says at the beginning, dabble in literally everything because you've got to find out what you enjoy and what you want to work on. So just do lots of different things and then refine and then cut down on what you want to focus on and delegate the things that you don't want to focus on or get rid of the things that you don't want to focus on. Yeah, And I think that's so powerful. Yeah. I think if you're designing a business for yourself, you need to enjoy it. You're doing it every day. You live and breathe it. You need to enjoy it. And if you're doing something for your clients instead of for you, it has to work both ways, really. And I think that's that's been a key learning as well, actually, this year to design the business that I want. So, yeah, totally agree with that. But shiny object syndrome does get in the way sometimes. Yeah, I think we're all magpies, especially when you're in the teaching profession, right? It's like, ooh, I could use that resource for something. I don't know what, but I'm going to keep it for now. And I'm a bit of a hoarder, so because I've always done... face-to-face stuff and hands-on workshops I'll be like yeah that egg carton that could come in handy for something right so at one point I had like 30 empty egg cartons and I was like in the middle of lockdown I was like I don't think I'm going to be using these anytime soon now so I could probably get rid of them but Um, it's that kind of thing where you're like could use that for something (laughs) I don't know what yet and then ideas are a different thing where you're like oh ideas we could do this we could do that but I'm the same sort of things with materials as well What's been your biggest challenge as someone that started to grow a business and you're still in your early days, two years? Mm -hmm. What's been your biggest challenge over those two years? I came into it very naive, actually, because I thought I just needed to know how to teach. I thought that's all I needed to know. I thought 
it's a side of it's easy you know and it's not actually <laughs> that's been the bit I needed to learn so I think the hardest bit was keeping it going because it's very feast and famine initially so yeah. you feel like you're just constantly trying to get new clients all the time and that's the hardest bit I think and then sort of the being on your own that's quite tricky so it's important to have business friends I think who you can just chat to when you need to when you've got a challenge but yeah just when, when you get those tough times you're always worrying about money initially and I think that's the bit that you need to get past you need to work on your mindset side a bit there that's been hard how was that shift for you because you went from having a secure income in a classroom to suddenly looking at your bank account and going, oh, I've got to work this many hours to get to this much. And you have no real guarantee on how many students are going to be signed up at any one point. Did yeah. you go in with some savings as a backup plan or did you just take the risk and go for it? Took the risk, yeah. I totally took the risk. And I had that terrible shiny object syndrome initially where I was kitting my classroom out and I was getting all excited and buying everything. Um, so I wasted a lot of money, I think, initially. But yeah, I totally took the risk. I didn't have savings. I didn't have anything. And I just went in. I did borrow to grow my business. And then it, it just gradually grew by itself through referrals and things like that. And I invested in things like adverts, which didn't bring anything in. And then I'd do something like social media and it would bring people in that was free. So it was just trial and error of learning all the, all the time yeah. and never giving up, always keeping going. So yeah. You've done amazing in two years. And I think because you've got that real excitement of um, content producing on social media, I think that's really helped you also to grow the business because most tutors don't like that element. They don't <laughs> like the, the social media, but I find it not very different from actually doing anything in teaching. Like you're trying to engage with an audience, which is the same as you're trying to engage with kids in a classroom and you're finding ways of creating that engagement which is the same yeah. as what you do in the classroom so yeah. it's just kind of getting our mindsets into a different frame of mind and going it's the same thing just in a different context and I yeah. just have to shift and adapt but it's amazing that you've got that to work and you've done so well in two years thank you thank you so much if there's any advice that you could give someone that is perhaps a bit earlier on in your journey um what would it be I would say always keep going. Even when it feels tough, keep going because there's always a new client around the corner. So just keep looking ahead and be consistent with everything you do. So social media is a perfect example of that. If you are just posting once and then leaving it a big gap, you might people will drop off. They'll stop coming to your pitch. So be consistent with that and work on your mindset because that will get you through. Read the books, you know, the personal development books. Seriously, they're, they're so inspiring. And you'll keep going through that. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much for Thank taking you. part. Thanks for having me. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to our conversation and took lots of value from it for your business. Now, if you did, please remember to do me a favor and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss another episode. If you fancy becoming a member of the Champions Club or would like to attend a learning workshop or maybe even the business and cultural retreat in Marrakesh, then visit the website ukeducators.com where you'll find lots of information. You can also join our Facebook community at UK Educators. I'm Sid, you've been listening into the UK Educators Community Podcast and I'll see you next Sunday when we release another episode.